episode 66 with Marion Rose. Well, hey there, mother lovers. This is Elena Turley, your host, and welcome to the Unboxable Podcast, a place for mothers who are seeking holistic health and maybe a new way to look at a few things. Please enjoy this episode. Hello, Marion. Hi, Elena. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. That's good. It is such a pleasure to have you here. I will not say too much. The first thing I always like to ask my guests is, who are you? Where are you? What do you love to do? Tell us a bit about yourself. Ah, oh, it's so interesting, isn't it? What jumps to mind first thing? Well, first jumps to mind that is I'm a mum. So I have a daughter and a son who are 20 and 16. And what was the next question? <laughs> what do I Where not? are you? Where am I? Well, physically, I live in northern New South Wales in Australia. I know that wasn't the question you're asking, but um, I'm really sitting at the end of a big year right now and reflecting back, I think, as many of us do at this time of year in the last three years and contemplating all the things that I've been through and really looking forward to a different year next year. It's been a really hard year for me, actually, so I'm looking forward to a bit more ease next year, which I think also is not my... <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And I love the way you said that, by the way. And and the next question, and we will, we're going to dig into a bit of what you just said, in fact, in a moment. The next question is, what do you love to do? What's your thing? Well, at the moment, what I love to do is make things, share about aware parenting and reparenting and consciousness and willingness and love. And that's really one of my main things and I do have other things that I love to do as well but really this year has been all in focusing on sharing about those things I love writing and you know, we're going to talk about the book with Lael but yeah really sharing creating thinking contemplating that's been what I've really been focusing on this year it's one of my big loves I do have other loves as well <laughs> sure I'm sure what a beautiful thing my daughter has just poked her head in what is it oh. my darling you can ask Okay, you can show me later. Okay, thank you. I always actually like to allow my children to interrupt my podcast recordings because I feel like ultimately being a mother, that is my most treasured, important role. And I feel like because this is a podcast for mothers, mm. that is something we must not edit out, that we must include in all that we do. So there you go. That was my daughter yeah. saying, it's okay, it's okay, I can show you later. It's okay. <laughs> well, I so agree. I'm so with you on that. And I also, so we're going to be talking, I think, about the Aware Parenting book with Val today. Mm -hmm. So I have two hats. One is the Aware Parenting hat, and I also have my own work called The Marion Method. And one of the elements of that is psycho-spiritual parenting and really holds in that paradigm that our children are messengers from life. So what I always do whenever my children or they, you know, the my son and daughter, they're not children anymore, but or my mentees, children come in on a call or whatever, is I always trust that actually the, the children have something to tell us. I always say, oh, what did they say? Because I actually believe that they're not only there to, you know, to ask for their needs to be met, obviously, which is so important that we really listen to them. I love that you do that rather than 
Yes, go away. Being oh, yes. So important to listen. But also that generally I find there's, there's a message from life from them. Today's episode is brought to you by the Soul Mama Membership. It is a safe space online for mothers and it is specifically created for women to access a community, a nurturing community that provides gentle accountability and encourages you to walk step-by-step, small choice by small choice towards a holistic and healthy lifestyle. It really just allows you to become more relaxed, have more fun and show up as the best mum and human possible. Visit www.soulmamahub.com. That's S-O-U-L-M-A-M-A-H-U-B. Nice one, ladies. So, mm. my gosh, I'm I'm a living example of children bringing life. In that, I had the first two years of my life with my first child. I was in a, a a process of recovery from addiction and from a series of abusive relationships and a whole lot of early life trauma. And as a result of becoming a mother, not only becoming a mother, I actually thought that becoming a mother would fix me magically somehow. And of course it did not. However, it opened a door to a different way of recovering and it gave me a motivation that went above and beyond that which I'd had before. And so I have a very direct experience of children teaching us and bringing us messages that are life-giving. And mine, very, you know, that's, that's held true for all three of my children. They've all taught me so incredibly much. And similar to you, I, I work in the realm of supporting mothers and parents. I call it, I have another name for my own version of what we're talking about here, which is called Soulful Parenting. So I talk about the way that deep connection within and between people is so important. And um, yeah, there's a lot of layers to that as well. So I resonate a lot with the work that you do and learn a lot from you as well vicariously through your podcast. And I can't wait to read the book. Tell me about the book. Tell me about the creation of the book. Tell me anything you want to tell me. Well, what I love about the the collaboration between Lael and I, Lael Stone, for anyone who's not familiar with her, which I'm sure your listeners will be, that uh, collaborations really, the ideas seem to come out of nowhere. Well, you know, we, no, actually I'm going to say that again. It's not that they come out of nowhere. It's like they've come, they've arrived, we've said yes to them and we're doing the thing already and then we go, Hang on, where, where, what, who, where, who even like, where did the idea first come? It's like it's already happening. So, first of all, was the podcast, and then at some point, just over three years ago, somewhere or other, we found ourselves co-writing this book together. And we hired a little beautiful place near where I live in Byron Bay, and we started the writing process. And it's been such a powerful journey to go on together. But yeah, it's it's one of those things of like. There seems to be a lot of, yeah, just like that magical mystery of where those callings come from and how we respond. And then we suddenly find ourselves doing it. And, and really this beautiful grace. And I want to apologize because I've also got my son here with a cough. It's He's quite okay. sick at the moment. So you can hear the coughing in the background. So there you go. It's the same my end. And I've also got birds, wild birds here nesting in my house. So it's all about oh, the all it's all creatures. Going on. 
Yeah, well, that is all perfectly good to have on this podcast. Welcome, yes, one and thank all. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And, yeah, and so the book seems to also only just came out last week and we had such a beautiful response. So, again, it's really like the sense that life is really supporting us to share this work with aware parenting with the world in ways that just we keep on being really surprised about how yeah how much people are responding to it and resonating with it because in the past really aware parenting has been for a very small number of people so I'm just really excited to see these the podcast and the book being a, a really cool way that this work is getting to be heard and read by many more people so beautiful so if you are a listener of this podcast episode 42 is Lael Stone and I having a chat about aware parenting and about navigating trauma, especially through early motherhood. And what I find just absolutely beautiful listening to you speak now is that there certainly is a groundswell and there is a massive need, I believe, in our world right now to connect more deeply as mothers and just as humans and to understand our place in this bigger thing that is unfolding. And I've spoken to people across many, many industries, not only parenting, but also one that's coming to mind as we speak now is I have a friend, a girl I went to school with actually, who I recently had on this podcast. I think you would enjoy this episode. She's an, a clinical psychologist who actually has studied at Harvard Medical School, like lived there, and her specialty is anxiety. And her response, and from based on her research and 20 plus years of clinical experience, is that we are needing compassion and connection and listening spaces and to understand what she calls worry stories and what to do with those. And there's so many crossovers between what you talk about with Lael and what she talks about and what I talk about and the work that we all do. It seems fascinating to me that this is happening in so many different costumes, if you like, different guises throughout so many industries right now. Yes. Yeah, it's and very interesting. Isn't it? It's fascinating. And yes. I think you are on that on that wave and at perhaps at the forefront of it in writing this book as well and really catching that and going with it because of your amazing collaboration partly with Lael and because of all the work you've done up till now I imagine tell me a little bit about your background with all of this how did you come to be in this space and place yes in fact when you were talking just before about your friend and colleague I was thinking yeah because I trained as a psychotherapist what she'll share my whole background but you know we were talking about trauma back then but trauma wasn't a word that you could use in the mainstream that people would have any clue what you're talking about and and even when I started practicing aware parenting 20 plus years ago, again, talking about feelings for babies and children was like really, like, you know, it was, it was seen as really odd. Yes. So that what I've really observed coming to this point now is there really does seem to be this absolute movement and readiness and in human consciousness for actually really looking at feelings and understanding the effects of trauma and actually how we can heal and how compassion and listening are, are so vital to that so interesting my son is now laughing and coughing and again I see the message like the joy the joy of like finally finally the next the next layer of readiness but to answer your question well the the 
the long answer is, <laughs> I always start with, I was born prematurely. So I was born 10 weeks prematurely. And that was back in the late 60s, which was really a lot back then. And I was in an incubator for five weeks. And really wow. that that initial experience really has driven and called forth a lot of what has come next. So I did a degree in psychology and a PhD on mother-infant relationship and postnatal depression at Cambridge University in England. And then I was a postdoctoral fellow, again, looking at infant development. So I really studied babies. So my whole of my 20s, I was really focused on infant development and studying babies and just really get, wanting to understand my own experience as a baby and yes. how important birth and that, that early postnatal period is for babies and mothers. And at the same time, I also trained as a psychotherapist throughout my 20s and worked as a psychotherapist. He's, la he's still laughing. It's so funny. Can you hear him laughing? <laughs> yeah, a little. Yeah. And at the same time, I went on my whole my inner journey. So I literally said, I'm going to have 10 years of therapy before I become a, a mum because I just had so much to wow. heal from. I had so much That's um, huge. intergenerational trauma in relation to mothering, particularly and my own experience of you know, being born and not having any closeness for those first five weeks. So that was my 20s. I will go quickly. <laughs> I go quickly. It's okay. This. We've got all the time in the world, Mary. Da, 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 da. And then I moved to Australia. And when I was pregnant, I won't share about the whole birth. I had amazing experiences with like changing my whole beliefs around birth from being terrified again because of my own experience as a baby to having deep trust in my body, having really powerful birthing unassisted birthing experiences and whilst I was pregnant I was looking for something so parenting I was like okay so I've done all this I really focused on developmental psychology and attachment theory and I'd, I'd read the continuum concept in 1992 and was really affected by that so like uh, and all the pre and perinatal psychology stuff so I did rebirthing and all these things I was like okay I've got all this experience all this research I'm looking for a form of parenting that is going to really resonate with this. And I looked online and I found aware parenting and I had these light bulb moment moments because it was like, oh my gosh, here is a form of parenting that really does fit with all the research, fits with all my therapy training, everything. And it had this missing extra piece that babies can heal from trauma, including their birth, their time in utero, their time postnatally, right from birth. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, because as a psychotherapist, I thought you really needed to wait till you're at least in your late teens before starting therapy. And so this yes. idea that we have this inbuilt, mm, amazing capacity to heal from stress and trauma yes. right from day dot was like a, <laughs> so amazing to me. So really that's how it began. And I was passionate about aware parenting right from the beginning, practiced it with my children, became an aware parenting instructor, became a level two aware parenting instructor, started making courses, da 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 just and I'm as passionate about it now as I ever was. I think it's so yes. incredibly amazing. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask a curly question now. Hey, curly question. Can you be an aware parenting practitioner slash advocate slash believer without doing all of the things so and and I'm going to be really honest mm. that I am fascinated by aware parenting yes. but some of it I struggle a bit with like the you know television and and screen time I don't think it's that bad all the time and so I wonder and that's just one example and I'm giving that as an example because I feel that that's one that may be pertinent to a lot of people 
Yes. I'm not sure where you got the idea that where parenting says it's it's so bad. Okay. I don't even use the word bad, but great, great, I wouldn't, great, I great. wouldn't say that that, awesome. is a, that is a tenet of aware parenting. It's a myth, right? But it's not a tenet of aware parenting. Okay, that, very that screens good. Are bad, so. Okay, so I'm not even sure where I had that thought. Yeah. But I, I have this kind of, you know, there's that idea that and this is something I'm using it as an example because I feel like we can attach it to attach it to. We can talk about this in the context of all attachment parenting that there is this belief that unless you do something to the hundred percent, you know, you're not doing it at all. And my experience has been very different. My experience has been that it's it's a dance that you take you take the things that work for your family and you incorporate whatever you feel will resonate and you do as much or as little of it as works for you. And I use the screen time and attachment parenting example because I feel like there is often this misunderstanding around these types of alternative approaches. And I say alternative, they're becoming more mainstream actually, Mm -hmm. but alternative approaches that give the idea that we're on this kind of fringe and that the evidence is somehow prescriptive and dictatorial and that you can only do it a certain way. And I'd just love you to speak to that for a moment, that that I'd love you to speak to that. Yeah, well, the way I see it, and that's how I combine my own Marian method work, is I'm deeply passionate about understanding what I call the disconnected domination culture. So I'm really passionate. No, I don't like the word passionate even anymore. I'm really fascinated in understanding our cultural conditioning. And what I find is that so many people come into, whether it's aware parenting or classical attachment parenting or whatever style it is, and they want to do these certain things with their baby or child, but yet they bring their own, the, the DDC, I call it the DDC conditioning in. So the example I give with aware parenting is there's three core elements, which is attachment style parenting, non-punitive discipline, and the recognition of the effect of stress and trauma and, and healing from that for children. But what I found over so many years working with parents is that they would they would aim to meet their child's needs but they would judge their own or ignore their own or you know as mothers we do we let we learn in this culture to do that I saw so many mothers aiming to not use punishments or rewards with their children but judging themselves feeling guilty I call it picking up the guilt sticks and thirdly like really aiming to listen to as many of their baby or child's feelings as they possibly could and yet judging themselves if they had big reactions or big feelings so to me that's why I became passionate I can't like the word passionate anymore that's why I got really (laughs) fascinated in how can we do this parallel process of freeing ourselves from from this the cultural conditioning in the way we're parenting but also seeing it as that the invitation to do that for ourselves so what I say in terms of the direct answer to your question is like, yes, what I invite people to do is to first of all find out about aware parenting if they want to, and then ask, to me, the most important question is, does it resonate with you? If yes, try these practices out and then observe your child and before, during and after, and then see the differences in them. Do you see the differences? And if you do, then you might want to keep going and might want to come back again to yourself, you know, what, okay, what else do you feel called to do? So for me, I see it as this, you can read anything in a book or anybody can tell you anything, but it's our lived experience. What resonates with us? What, what do we observe in our child when we do these things? So for me, my, I bring in my experimental background to say we are the experimenter and we're the only person as, as the parent who can do that thing to listen to ourselves, to observe our child and, the other part of your question is that I see where parenting or people that practice it as on a spectrum, 
and that we change from one day to the next where we are on that spectrum. So some people might, you know, follow some of the elements of attachment parenting, but not others. So they might not resonate with co-sleeping, for example. They might occasionally use rewards. They might be able to, they want to listen to some feelings. So again, those three elements, whereas some people will be at the this end and they will want to do everything to the, the absolute, you know, they're just obsessed with it. And that's all aware parenting. There's no right or wrong because right or wrong is part of the DDC. There's no judgment or shaming. There's no have to, there's no got to. It's really what resonates, what do I observe? And then because we're all so different, we each have a different family background. We have different lineage. We have different cultural heritage. We have different amounts of trauma. We've been doing our own healing for different amounts of time. We have different socioeconomic status, different amounts of stresses in our lives. How can we all expect everyone's going to do the same thing? Nobody, we all practice aware parenting differently. So for me, I'm passionate about supporting people if they do resonate with it to listen to themselves and do it in the way that, you know, is a fit for them and to, to drop any judgment sticks and to, you know, see where they are on that spectrum, which may change from day to day or year to year. You, you know, some people might go, gosh, I'm loving this so much. I actually would like to get into it more. I'd like to practice more of it. I'd like mm. to find out more. So that's a few of my thoughts. about Beautiful thoughts. Things. Thank you for sharing them. And, you know, it just so much was coming to mind while you were speaking the last thing that just came to mind when you were speaking is that I introduced my sister-in-law to aware parenting and she is just absolutely <laughs> lapping it up, working with people in the UK where she lives in Totnes. Which is like, I used to live in Totnes. I was going to say, you're actually a lot like her. She she would have absolutely, she's going to, hi, Chris, if you're listening oh to this, God, she's going to lap connect. this up. Yeah, yeah she's going to love this. Chris? I want to Chris Turley. So <laughs> she's, Totnes? she's amazing. She's an educator. She's a new mother. She's an alternative educator. She's a really remarkable woman. Is she? Um, so big shout out to you, Chris. Is she at the Steiner store there? No, no, she actually works in more mainstream schools, but she brings really interesting programs. So she'll take kids who need some extra help and take them into the outdoors and things like that. She's really wonderful. Mm. So it's been a really beautiful journey for her to get in touch with all the work you do and that aware, aware parenting brings. And so she, and I hope it's okay to share this story now that I've said her name, but <laughs> we can always no, and then out. delete this bow if she's <laughs> yes. not willing for you to. Yes, that's right. She was talking about how her baby's sleeping more in the night now and it's changed her milk supply. And she mentioned something around having a feed in the wee hours of the morning after a night with more sleep and her baby struggling to get milk in that feed. And she was worried about milk supply. And I said to her, it's completely understandable that you have that sense that milk supply is really important and that how much milk, the amount of milk that your baby can get in any feed is really important. But also your baby is now X number of months old. She's changing, you're changing. And I just normalized that kind of what were you just saying, that it's this ongoing dance, that we we have a dance that goes on and on between ourselves and our babies and, and our supply changes and our lives change and our day-to-day -day changes and our night changes and they change developmentally, we change developmentally and it's an ongoing thing and that as the baby grows a little older, the amount of milk per feed will become potentially less of a thing and that perhaps what will take its place is connection and moments of togetherness and that I had one baby that I fed to about 
I think four and a half. And by that point, the amount of nutrition involved in each feed is really irrelevant. You know, there is a nutritional element still, but but for me at that time, that wasn't the most important thing. The most important thing was connecting with my baby. You know, so I was just saying about how the way that we change and our babies and our children change every moment, every day, every and the way we respond is such a movable feast. And, you know, you read a book and then something else becomes the forefront of your awareness and then you start to use that and then some other need arises and you read another book and, you know, or you connect with a different thing. And I love the way you put that. I think it's a, such a beautiful thing that gives us so much freedom as mothers. And the other thing that came to mind was just the way that, you know, we can, as you say, be so, so tough on ourselves. And that one of my biggest missions, I guess, is to foster a way of considering motherhood that is, I guess, just allows us to give ourselves the same compassion we would give our children or the same compassion we would give a dear friend or, you know, any of those things. And so I love that you speak to that as well. I think they're just such incredibly powerful concepts, you know, that we have within us actually all that we need. It's really just about accessing it. Exactly. Yes. And that's the core of my Marian method work is really to see yeah. that like, for example, guilt is a is a just a conditioned belief that leads to painful feelings. And we can actually get free from guilt completely. Like there doesn't need to be mother guilt. It's all part of what I believe the the disconnected domination culture wants mothers to not realize how powerful they are and how loving they are and how complete they are so I'm really love supporting mothers to get free from guilt and shame and self-judgment yes. and comparison and actually realize that they are so powerful and we are so powerful we can create huge change and if we won't um yeah I mean that's what I did I was full of judgment and shaming and I just really yes. changed my inner dialogue completely so to me that's what parenting does we we have the opportunity to reparent ourselves in the same way at the same time so when yes. we're offering loving compassion to our children we can actually start changing that inner dialogue so my work includes the inner loving mother so the inner loving mother when we start saying you know my experience was repeatedly saying to my children when they were crying for example in my loving arms I'd be you know I'm here with you I'm listening I'm right here I'm right here with you, sweetheart. Mm. And what I realized over time is that I could start internalizing that and have that as my own inner dialogue, have my own inner loving mother who responded to me in those ways, who met my needs, who was always there, who loved me unconditionally. So for me, that was the process. And then the inner loving father developed from there. And mm. so to me, that is the really the potential of mothering, not only to bring up our children much freer from these cultural the you know the shaming and the judging and the blaming and all of that stuff the punishments the ignoring the feelings but actually to do the same for ourselves in that process it's so very true and yeah. I would I'm very curious just because I know this is something that comes up for a lot of people in my community what do you say to the woman who is embarking upon this journey of reparenting and to use your words the inner loving mother and bringing all of those beautiful, wonderful concepts and actions and practices into their lives, but potentially their partner is not on that path. How do you talk to this? Please speak to that for a moment. I know that's a highly valuable conversation yes, for listeners. Is. 
see it so often. And what I often find, I know, you know, I'm going to just talk about couples, whether it's a, a mum and a dad for sure. now. And I'll, I'll, you know, please change that if it's not a fit for, for you, if you're listening. But, you know, for me, what I see, and for, for women who go through childbirth, so again, I'm not including adopted parents, but what I want to say is for, I see women who go through childbirth, it's a rite of passage that is, that transforms us. And I see often what happens is that changes everything and we we question everything and we're a new we are a new person and of course we don't have enough rites of passage in this culture to support that but anyway men I think often don't experience that so they often carry on going oh I'm kind of the same still you know I, I'm a dad but I haven't had this life-changing experience we don't have that for for boys in our culture and I I believe that's one of the reasons why we do so often see this women really kind of being woken up to yes this is a whole different thing here and I'm a mother and I, you know just it, something really different happens in terms of those true trajectories I see in ways that I think it means it's often much harder for dads to then see the importance of what they're doing to actually to be invited to actually renew themselves and reparent themselves and actually do something different to what they experienced so what I often say is that well, lots of love and compassion to any yes. woman whose partner is not feeling called to question the older ways of parenting to maybe go on their own journey of inner expression because I think it's really hard. It is. And the other thing I find really helpful is often to you know invite us to do our own inner work because again if it's a, a woman and a man I often find that our own inner in younger parts our own inner children will our feelings that we're around in relation to our dad will show up. So, you know, for example, if a yes. male partner is not caring for the baby in the ways we want to, or they're moving into punishments rather than yes. compassion or all of those things are not only do we have feelings in the here and now, but our own younger parts are around feeling all the feelings that we felt back then, probably yes. when we experienced that with our dad. So I think that's an essential part of the work. And what I find is the more we're willing to do that, the more we can then become more of like a, I don't know if I like the word leader, but rather than trying to Model. change, yeah, exactly. Rather than trying to change them or judge them or shame them or say, you should yes. be doing it this way again, that should word's going to lead to guilt. They're going to yes. get reactive. They're going to, what so often then happens is they go into their younger parts, the little boys being told off by mom again. And often it becomes a really painful dynamic yes. to generalize completely. Yes. Again, the more we're, the more we actually doing that inner healing ourselves and coming then actually coming to respond to our partner from the powerful woman in us who sees that actually the the experience that we've had in childbirth and often breastfeeding and all the things that go with that to that we've had that rite of passage and that we have power from that that we can then be a, a guide and exactly model and support them who haven't been through that rather than younger parts either trying to look after them or trying to tell them they're doing it wrong or whatever it is we cannot do it from the younger parts of us but as powerful women who are acknowledging the powerful experience we've been through we can offer support to invite them to be on the journey together that's a beautiful response Marianne thank you <laughs> I really love that and there's so many things it reminds me of in terms of giving a concrete example, when I met my husband, I had a seven-year-old boy and I had been a single mother for almost seven years. And it was very interesting 
to see him step into the relationship but also having to step into a stepfather role, you know, with zero preparation. So emulating what we're talking about, no rite of passage, no real support in a way culturally. And he was pretty activated, you know, his, his dad stuff. And it was very interesting the way we navigated that. And I remember never had I been more called to practice the fine art of holding space than then, you know, and that also gave him an experience he hadn't had before where he was able to have big, strong feelings and, you know, go through stuff without judgment, without consequence. And that was a really interesting experience, right, for him. Fortunately, I was just coming off the back of some really big personal development work and was like fully primed, you know. <laughs> I was like timing. Yeah. I, I was I'm all close. emptied out. I was all, yeah. I had the space, you know, because yes. you can't always do that and like no judgment if you can't because yeah. that's that's no small thing to do and it takes a lot of work and intention and awareness, and, you know, energy to yes. do as well. So shout outs to all the people not doing that i i've been that person too plenty of times thanks and so but it was a really powerful experience and and as a result you know we were able to kind of create i guess a foundation for our parenting then when we had two more children together that was very different to i would say just your average kind of new parents because i had a child before as i said i'd already learned some stuff and recovered from some stuff really early on. And then he'd also been through a process of stepping into being a father before actually becoming a, a blood relative father. He'd sort of adopted my son in a way. And so it's very interesting. We had a, a unique, as it is for everybody, but we had a unique sort of approach to parenting. But it is no small thing, I think, to, to be in that position. And I, and I think I was in that position with the father of my first child where there were some very different approaches and, you know, it really tests, it really tests, doesn't it? It really tests a relationship and tests a person in that situation. But what you're talking about, I think, on the whole, and, you know, we could talk for hours and hours, I know, because I can feel that with you. But in terms of on the whole, if you were going to sum up your intention with the book that you have just created with Leo, please tell me, what is the intention of this book? It's for parents to experience a sense of unconditional love and support in their parenting journey and to know that feelings are really normal and natural for all babies, all children and all parents and that actually the more compassion we receive for ourselves as parents, the more compassionately we're going to be able to listen to the feelings of our children and partners and exes and friends and family and our own parents and that really does come down to compassion, which is why, you know, the nest was so significant for both of us, that sense of that supportive, loving nest to rest in. <laughs> so the nest is on the cover of the book. Is that nest, the nest? Yes, there's yes. a nest on the cover. Yes, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And I, I once was called to make up an acronym for the Soul Mama Hub, which is my little corner of the world where I do yeah. this similar work. And yes. I always say that, the S-O-U-L stands for simple, ongoing, unconditional love. Oh, to me, gorgeous. that's what it represents. Yes. So I hear you 
my love. I really love what you said there, and and I feel it strongly too. And I think there is literally nothing more powerful that you can bring in as a parent to your family. So um, tell me, please, and tell the listeners of this lovely podcast, where can they find you, Marion? Where can they find this book? Well, the book at the moment is only available on Amazon. That is going to change. But at the moment, that is the initial place that we that we have it. So you just, in whatever country you're in, if you just write, it's called Raising Resilient and Compassionate Children. So RRCC, if you find it hard to remember. So if you just put that in or my name, Marion Rose and Lales, Lales Stone, and you'll find it. Beautiful. Um, as for me, you can find me on social media like Instagram underscore Marion underscore Rose underscore or Marion Rose. You can search me. I have a, a website, MarionRose.net. Beautiful. Page, the usual places. Beautiful. And I will put all those links, obviously, Thank in the so show much. notes. And if you have a question for Marion, definitely reach out by any of those channels. You can leave a review on either of our podcasts what's the name of your podcast mary so the one that i have a few the one that Lael and i share that's so popular is called the aware parenting podcast fantastic so i dare say if you pop a question in a review on either mine or marion's i'm sure you will get an answer because you know we love to respond we all love to respond so marion i really want to give you a heartfelt thank you for taking the time to hang out with me today and on that note, I wish you well for this time of the year, this very interesting time of the year, and for all of the all the success in the world for the book because it's such a beautiful, important message. Thank you, lovely. Thank you for all the support and thank you for all that you're doing. And I love how you said that in your corner of the world. I really appreciate it. Thank you, darling. This podcast is produced independently and made just for you. So if you have enjoyed it, please do leave me a review and you can put in the review a request for a topic or even a nomination for a particular guest if you would like me to interview someone in particular. Thank you so much for your support. If you really love it, uh, you can also share it and subscribe to it and follow it. See you soon.